Okay, so uh, we're back on. We've got a bonus thing. We kept talking about the Power Rangers, kept talking about what we would want to see out of a reboot or what you want to see out of a modern day Power Rangers movie. Uh, We're just going to try to get down on paper exactly what we would want to see out of one of these movies. Tim, you want to kick it off? Sure. So while we've been covering these two things, uh, these two movies, a couple elements have popped up that we all think would be great. One 90s. It has to be in the 90s. Lauren, Absolutely. you brought this up. The 90s nostalgia is so powerful in the first one. And it's and it came out in the 90s, so it's not even nostalgia. It's just purely embracing the freedom and like the pure embodiment of what the 90s is in its most pop culture form. Why can't we just reboot this in the 90s? Keep it fun. Totally. Specifically, to, to highlight what Lauren was saying, too, it needs to be not like it's not the point that it's in the 90s. Like, it's not pointing out how absurd facets of the 90s were. It's not giving us like. uh, Yeah, like we don't want to be like, oh, my God, remember Radio Shack? Oh, how good was Nirvana? Like, (laughs) like move beyond that and just have it exist in the 90s and not in a way that like time travel movies do it. For sure. Like, especially the later seasons of Stranger Things do that really well, where like we're kind of past the big nostalgia factor of the fact that it's based in the 80s. And so they're just existing in the 80s. It's super effective. It gives us the tone, but it's not distracting. It's not in any way part of the plot. Kevin, you were talking about how there was going to be a sequel and we're not getting sequels anymore. Yeah. So uh, originally they had for the 2017 reboot, they had planned like Haim Saban said five, six or seven movies were already in the works. And then the first (laughs) one was such a financial failure. Uh, It made a box office of one hundred and forty two million dollars off of a budget of one hundred and eight um, they considered it such a big bomb that they didn't want to dump any other money into it. And all of those sequels were scrapped. There's apparently currently a new reboot in the works where they are going to do it in the 90s. But somehow time travel is part of it. Fucking get that out of there. Get yeah. the time travel out. It's in the 90s. We start in the 90s. We're there. One of the, the ideas that I pitched, I believe, on the podcast was just leaning into the Breakfast Club thing. Maybe maybe not even leaning into the Breakfast Club thing so much as just having everybody meet in detention. Like, why can't all of these characters yes. just meet in a way where they are all organically meeting as friends instead of all happen to randomly be at this quarry in the middle? I mean, I also don't understand why they can't already have relationships, right? Yeah, absolutely. They all kind of know each other, but they don't really know each other, which is Kind of cool for like one or two of them. Jason calls Kimberly Kimberly in this and she's like, that's weird. I've never you've never said my name. You don't know who I am. But also he's like the star jock and she was the star cheerleader. So how did they have no relationship whatsoever? (laughs) It like literally doesn't make it. They have all the same friends. There's no way that they have never talked before. Why can't they just know each other already? I think uh, that. On that same point, too, I this the 2017 reboot had them meeting like they're all kind of like fuck ups in a way. They're in detention. Everybody has their own like gritty past in the original series. They were all basically like youth counselors at an after school, like community center, helping kids stay active. And it all kind of played into that whole like 90s. Like, yeah, kids, you should go play outside today. Make sure you eat fruits and vegetables every day. I say lean into that shit, too. Like they can still meet being like camp counselors or working at a youth group or something like positive. 
you know? Well, and I'm almost, that makes me realize that I'm kind of tired of like, if we're going to make something about teens, it automatically is like they're troublemakers. They're in detention there. And I do like what Tim said about having them all meet in detention. If that's what the thing is, because it's like, we can see what got them there. It's a really good way to introduce them, but also it could be anything and it could be something they don't have to be good. This is all making me think also of freaks and geeks in how like, how well they do things in that show and kind of merge different groups of people from different like zones or I don't know, labels and kind of get them all together. You could do it that way. You could. I also, one thing that I loved about freaks and geeks was that Lindsay Weir was good. Like she was morally good. She was a good sister. She was never mean to her brother. And you get so tired of seeing these things play out over and over again where like siblings hate each other. And it's a similar thing where it's like teens are bad because they're teens and they're angsty and they're going through puberty. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> like, I think it's it's a fun difference to see them actually be good kids that are like, yeah, youth group counts or not youth group, but like youth counts. <laughs> they do not have to be Christian. <laughs> Hard disagree. The power of Christ compels them on their missions. <laughs> we, we turn this into like a Mormon propaganda. <laughs> but that's, I think that's a fun, refreshing thing to see people. I don't know, because I personally relate more to that because I wasn't like a bad kid. I was a very good, <laughs> straight and narrow kid. And they don't all have to be that. But to have, again, it's representation. It reminds you that it's okay in the same way that Lindsay Weir being a nice sister was like, oh, it is possible to be cool and be nice to your brother. Like that. It, it's a nice thing to see that you don't see very often. For sure. Being a good person, I think, is coming back around like it was very cool in the 90s. And I think we're due for just like some just being a good guy, you know, like the Avengers or whatever. It's just like Captain America is like he's just a good dude. He's out there fighting mm-hmm. crime. He's stopping people. He's always going to make the right decisions because he's Captain America. He's just just a good dude. I don't know why this couldn't start with. You're right. Like Jason, quarterback of the football team, Zach, captain of the wrestling team, Kimberly, captain of the swim team, Billy winning the science fair, Trini master, like in like debate club or like student government or whatever like that, like each masters of their own world. And they're all just like kicking butt at whatever they do. And they've got different friends, but then they kind of know each other. That reminds me of the other thing that I loved about, um, is it 21 drum jump street, 21 Mm -hmm. where the like Twitter is, at 22 where the twist is that like nowadays in high school like people get along (laughs) like 21 okay i like that similar thing where it's like let's stop with the whole like clicks like hating each other and like my experience in high school was like i guess lucky where like people had different groups but we all were nice to each other and it was like even though we do different things it was like hey so and so from this club like i know who you are it's not like you're so separate that it would be like the movie was where it's like you're calling me kimberly you don't even know me like (laughs) it's like you go to the same school Yeah, I also remember being surprised going to high school and being like, oh, wait, there's no where are the jocks or like where do the bullies <laughs> sit? I should stay away from the bully table because that's like and like there were kind of people falling in. You kind of fall into some things, right? Like whatever. All the band kids hang out together. But I wasn't ever like, oh, yeah, let's go fuck up some band geeks. You exactly. know? <laughs> but also like whatever. How How good would it be if we start the movie with like, I don't know. Billy's walking with a trumpet. Someone knocks it down. Jason gets in his face. Like already we've got leadership. We've got character development. Yeah. Whatever. Billy tutors him or something like that. Like, I don't know. That's not groundbreaking by any means, but that still seems like there's more. I guess they kind of do that in the first movie, too, or in the other movie, the 2017 movie. 
But it's, yeah, it, it's still, it's done as a way that isn't showing like the compassion of Jason. It's done in a way that's like Jason swinging his dick around. And it's like, it, it's <laughs> right. highlighting exactly the wrong part. They're doing the right thing for the wrong reason in the wrong way. I think we got to, we talked about this too. I think you got to preserve the campiness. You could make a perfect modern day reboot of the Power Rangers using the exact soundtrack from the 1995 movie. You don't need to change a goddamn thing. Like you can keep it in its entirety. That was one good thing that I forgot to say about the 2017 one is they actually did play like a theme song. It wasn't the original theme song, but they did play the Power Rangers theme song, which was so funny because it's like, oh, this is like, okay, here's your corniness. We're just going to play a second of the song and then we're going to show you these zords that don't really look like the thing. So I think in in our version, (sighs) we have to play the song. We need we need big jams. We need the Van Halen's. (laughs) We need some bare naked ladies in there somehow. Yes, some oh ska. Oh my god, yeah. We need a fight scene to one week. Jock jams. Like we jock need jams all the for jock the action jams on there. Dude, the when they played the theme song in the 2017 movie, it was like they were embarrassed by it. It was yes. like, why are you going to play this if you so clearly don't want to do it? It was a horrible cover. It was so quick. Uh it was like completely out of touch with the rest of the movie. They need to do it loud. They need to do it proud. Uh, God, what a waste. Okay, let's see real quick how we write this movie. What's the opening of this thing? These guys are already friends. Do they meet? How do they meet together? We basically need these beats, right? We need to we need to set up this villain, Rita Repulsa. We need a reason why she's like after Angel Grove, like to send these monsters. We need a reason why all the Power Rangers are together to get their powers and then fight her. That's basically, that seems pretty simple. So let's start with Rita Repulsa. So in the, in the opening credits of the show, they show this like giant disc being taken off of the ground and Rita Repulsa had been trapped inside some kind of a like cavern for, I think what's the line? Like after 500 years, I'm free. Yeah. So, um, she's been sealed on the ground with some kind of a disc nineties style. A lot of like earth day, like geology stuff. Um, maybe like an archeological dig, like uh, there's some kind of an archaeological dig that's happening in Angel Grove, and maybe the Power Rangers were volunteers on this thing for extra credit. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say extra credit. Mm-hmm. They're all going to college on whatever scholarships, and they need so much community yeah, service. Volunteer hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, because the volunteering stuff was everywhere in high school. Like, yeah. And you'd always be matched up with people that you never saw. I, I'm picturing them at like some groundbreaking ceremony, <laughs> you know, like before that. Or something like that, like all together. The backhoe goes into the earth and immediately hits this like disc. And everyone's like, what? Here's a question. Do we include Bulk and Skull like characters? Like yeah. some kind of like, yeah. like I, I feel like we missed that in the 2017 one where we didn't have any like comic relief characters that aren't Power Rangers, mm-hmm. like some like school, like classmates of theirs. Absolutely. Also in the TV show, they were bullies, but they always ended up embarrassing themselves. They'd be like, we have a pie. Yeah. We're going to hit some. We're going to hit Zach in the face with this pie. Then something happens. They end up hitting each other in the face with the pie. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was crazy slapstick in the TV show. Like, we should bring that back. I know. Why not? Why not just have some gritty like bully there who just like, what if we made Bulgan Skull like super gritty and they're just like hardcore, but then they keep like eating shit. They're just like falling down in the background of like <laughs> everything. I don't know. They should be falling down. 
They can they, also be like, <laughs> and, and correct me if this is like deviating too much, but they could be that, or they could also kind of be like, um, I'm thinking of the character in Clueless that um, is like the skater kid who's just like, whoa. <laughs> like they could be yeah. that kind of like vapid 90s, just like, hey, bro. And like they're not like top brass enough to be one of the Power Rangers, clearly, but they're comic relief in that way where they're just kind of like, what's up? <laughs> like a Spicoli type character, just like skateboarding, surfing, having pizzas sent to class. I like that. I like kind of like a slacker. Uh, yeah. A Spicoli take on them would be a blast. You're 100% right is like they were bullies, but they're really also just like comic relief in the background of like more serious stuff. So why don't just make them like, you know, like (laughs) chill stoner surfer guys who are just like hanging out, having a good time. And they're just in the background of all these scenes and like, whoa, the Power Rangers are here and they end up helping Mm -hmm. somehow in a fight. That'd be great. I dig it. So we crush them. So Rita, they're they're doing a groundbreaking. They find Rita and she's out now and now she's going to take over the world. Right. Is she starting with Angel Grove? Do we need a reason for her to be there? Or can she just like she's taken over? I think, uh, yeah, she's finally free and she's like maybe trying to like build up her power again, like take revenge on mm. the the world that once locked her away. Ooh, Angel Grove. OK, idea. Goldar. I think that's a good villain. That's a fun reference to just bring in Goldar right away. I think he was kind of like a big villain, like in the first season of Power Rangers or whatever, and then kind of became like comic relief. Angel Grove. They're breaking ground on this thing. They have a new gold statue of an angel. She brings it to life and it becomes this Gollum Goldar type thing. And then she makes it grow. And then that's the thing that she ends up fighting them with. And then she makes Goldar grow like that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's fun as hell. Because in the TV show, they would take a thing. They're like, oh, we're taking pottery class now. Oh, wait, now now she's going to see the pottery thing. They're going to make a bad guy that's like about pottery or whatever. So like having it be the statue and they're in front of the statue or they need something like that, that she can animate from the real world that they've all been around and then turn that into something that that's attacking them. Oh, I like that. Big time. Okay. so how do we get how do we get them introduced to Zordon. How do we get them getting their powers and uh, we make it better than they did in the 2017 movie? What if they're just teleported to Zordon space? They just get sucked there. I mean, is that is it too much of a cop out to have while we're seeing them in high school or whatever? We see Alpha like waking up. Rita's released. We see Alpha Alpha five come online and then he's like, oh, my God, Rita's out and then like turns on Zordon Ooh. and then the whole command center lights up and they're like, Rita's back. My protocols were activated. Rita's back. And like, we need new Rangers. Start looking for candidates. And then he, they just see these people and like teleport them to the base. You guys are the Power Rangers now. Boom. We're into it. Like, who cares? Like, that's what we want. We just want them to be chosen uh, for yeah. something. Ooh. You're onto something there where it doesn't matter that much. And who cares? We just want to see them be Power Rangers. And that was a flaw in the 2017 movie was it just took way too long. I got a pitch. The Power Rangers. OK, so the groundbreaking happens. They maybe find this seal. But uh, it doesn't open up or anything when the whole public's around it. They just know they're having people come and inspect it from some kind of a federal organization. They made the call or whatever. Most of the people at the archaeological site go home for the day. The Power Rangers stick around because they want to do a little extra work cleaning up. So it's just our core group of Rangers that are there. Something causes the seal to open. Rita comes out. Uh, She 
immediately they clock like this person is like out of control. This person's a threat. Maybe they try to help her at first. She kind of lashes out. They realize that she's dangerous. They get in her way. They're not going to let her, even though they're just people, they're just mortals, just teenagers. They're not going to let her go harm people in Angel Grove. She lashes out. She's about to kill them with some kind of lightning strike or something. Right as the lightning strike is about to hit them, they're teleported away by Alpha, who has been in like scanning detection mode for, you know, thousands of years, just waiting, scanning the earth to see if Rita has come back and become free and uh, detected that they were willing to risk their lives, which means that they must be truly brave warriors worthy of becoming the Power Rangers. Dude, especially if they get their asses handed to them by Rita and she like punches them and we see like blood and stuff. She just like breaks <laughs> Billy's arm. Like if you do a gritty thing where they get like they get just straight up wrecked by this people and it's like gritty and real. And then they get there and then they get the Power Ranger powers and like Alpha heals them and then like rehabs them and like sends them back out after her. I think something like that could be really fun. It gives Alpha more of a purpose, too, because Alpha really didn't. He was only there because of the original, like what the Power Rangers were, I felt like in the 2017 movie. Yeah. And we never talked about the fact that he had a gut. I know that bugged me so much, (laughs) Tim. Why did he have a gut? And it's Bill Hader. I thought they really got stars for this. They really thought this was going to be something. They really thought this was going to be a thing. They got Brian Cranston to play a wall. (laughs) which i actually did like that transition from like the 90s to present day having him come out of the wall like those toys (laughs) i don't know what they're called but like instead of being like (laughs) the wizard of oz he's like a digital like spindly that was cool i could i did kind of like his wall thing i thought that was pretty neat so i feel like we have it i mean we need like the emotional growth for these guys we need something that proves that jason's a leader and all that good stuff sure inside of all this we got yeah i ideally we would get hints of what they talked about in the 2017 movie where each color of ranger corresponds with some kind of a personality type yep. that determined what color the ranger they turned into also if we if we watch jason play football and he's the quarterback then that's showing leadership. I don't I don't love that. But I mean, if we're doing the most like basic by numbers thing where it's like he's the he's the quarterback, like show him what does the quarterback do that's distinct from anything else? It's like, oh, they are the leader, right? Zach's a wrestler. What does that show? Zach never gives up. He's on his back. He's getting pinned. He doesn't. He reverses it. And he or maybe there's a match where all he has to do is not get pinned and their team wins and he doesn't get pinned like easy. Billy's the brains or whatever. And he comes up with a unique answer to like it's easy to see these things and just show who these characters are. I mean, we need like a personality trait for the uh, the Yellow Ranger. I mean, maybe she's like an art student. Maybe she's like a really creative artsy person. I don't know. I like that. What does that bring to a fighting team? Creativity. Yeah, thinking outside the box. So like she's able to like think of better solutions that maybe aren't like the quickest, smartest, logical one that like Billy might notice. But like maybe she's like, why don't we just do this? (laughs) And then they're like, oh. (laughs) And then her and Billy together can like build something together. Yeah. Like Then the two of them can team up and solve a problem. Like maybe something. she's like good and like t- does wood shop. Like I'm trying to think of something that's more interesting <laughs> than just like, you know, painting or something, which I love. But I don't want her to fall into this like really like dainty, creative, like she's a girl. So she can't like be 
active. I don't know. Tim riffed the idea of uh, her being like a debate star. I like that. Yeah. I like the idea that like her thing is thinking holistically, thinking differently than other people. And like, yeah, that she could be this foil that challenges Jason yeah. on his decisions, but in a positive way. Yeah. Yes. And then also can kind of relate to enemies too. like can kind of like flip the yes. script and try to like Huge. see what their motivation is kind of like Sam yes. did in Winter Falcon or Winter Falcon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Big time. She's Sam Wilson. That's yeah. great. This is great. So then what is the Pink Ranger? We need to think for the Pink Ranger. I think swim team was a good instinctual call. Like, oh, soccer would be great too. Or soccer's or great like too. That. But then, like, what's her what's her thing? If it's not leadership, then what does she bring to the table? I mean, I liked how in the '90s when she was also another leader. Like, there doesn't have to be just one leader. Like, she was good at like being positive and being like, "Come on, guys, let's go." And then, like, the I guess we're kind of making the yellow one more of a communicator, but. I feel like Kimberly in the 90s was at least in the movie very good at like representing the group like where there might be a leader but she's the one that's like when they show up somewhere she's first and she's like okay where do we go like she's very like in it yeah I mean another um, I'm wondering if we're mapping this onto Avengers too if her role could be kind of like Black Widow in Endgame where like she's kind of I don't know, keeping everybody pulled together. Yeah. Like maybe the she's the internal heart. I was going to say her name's Kimberly Hart. Like, why can't she just be like the emotional center of the group? Like, I know that's yeah. like a whatever. But I mean, even that is is something is like empathy for other people and that kind of things. And I guess Trini's already showing like the understanding of like a villain. But her showing empathy for somebody or like telling the group, like, we have to help these people before we can fight this bad guy. Like, that's good insight that still yeah, shows where priorities are. Yeah. yeah, she could be the moral compass of the group. Yeah, maybe she's like the Steve Rogers as opposed yeah. to like the Trini's Sam Wilson. So, I think we did it. <laughs> I think we, we did already, it. I, I think, think we already uh, wrote, a, wrote a better movie. I think a couple details. We, we talked about keeping the campiness. I think this, when it comes to the Megazord stuff. Number one, I, I would love for the Megazords to look like the Megazords did pretty much exactly like the Megazords did in the TV show. I think you can update the materials, but I think like form wise, they should pretty much look identical. I would love to see a super high budget fight scene where it's people in costumes, but the costumes are like really high quality. I want them to invest the amount of money they would invest in a CGI final battle into making the best fight scene between two actors and costumes on a set of Angel Grove possible. I mean, that would be wild. Like all the whole thing is like live action. Like it's it's live props. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be really cool. This is the weirdest ask that I have. But I mean, it's like a tribute to the original show. I All those fight scenes that they do on the original show and in old Godzilla movies and stuff, they look like they could be filmed for about 200 bucks. <laughs> so I just want to know, what does that look like when you dump, you know, 20 million dollars into it? <laughs> you're right i'm really curious to see what that would be what Me the level too. would get to what they could get to by doing like yeah real effects that'd be awesome what yeah that is one of the things watching all these older things even mortal Kombat. it's like all oh, these these real effects hold up or even like i'm taking from the 90s like even the way jurassic park still looks good like it mm -hmm. may not have to all yes. be strictly practical but do it in such a way that it it mimics the the feel of Jurassic Park. Yeah. I feel like we crushed it. 
We, we came up with each character's a unique character trait. They're all already cool. They're doing charity work. They end up at this like dig site, which is part of their charity thing. They uncover something very traditional to the Power Rangers TV show. Unearth Rita. She attacks them. Alpha 5 saves them. Zordon trains them. They go back out there. They save the day. They save the people. They fight Goldar. Say he grows big. Angel Grove. And then, of course, I think we, we keep the Tommy Stinger at the end. And maybe Tommy can show up as like a bad kid, like the quote unquote bad kid that they end up turning, which as he actually is in like the show, we get a Green Ranger run back. I mean, it's that easy, people. It's that easy. (laughs) My only question is, like, how do the Power Rangers themselves grow through the course of the movie? Hmm. That's good. You're right. We need that. That's something that did not exist in the TV show. <laughs> the right. But it's real, like right? they didn't but that's need, what we it need then, for it to be modern. But like, yeah. How do we make them grow in this? And I'm almost wondering if it would be fun. And this is kind of a whole different plot point. So it might kind of mess up what we already have. But if there was a reason or a way that you get them needing to embody the qualities of the other or like missing one and realizing, like, again, the strength of the team when you're missing one you don't have that piece of the puzzle. So you're not the full Power Rangers. Um, and you have other Power Rangers trying to embody that quality, but they can't quite or I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a great point. I think it could be teamwork. Yeah. You know, that's maybe that's the easy example. But I mean, that's what we were talking about in the first episodes is like the TV show. They all come together and the sum is greater than the individual parts. They're all different Zords, but they all come together to be the Megazord and to defeat evil. And they're a team. So, I mean, you could totally have everybody. They're all hot shit. They're all like they've all got little egos because they're good. Goody two shoes. One of them's smarter than the other. So then maybe they just kind of like don't really click. And then Jason actually needs to unite them as a leader and like empathize with each of them. And they need to find common ground like then it's building a team. You're taking a bunch of exceptional people and figuring out Avengers style, like how they actually coalesce together. And then Jason gets everybody to buy in. We have some moments where then Jason falters and the team picks him up and you've got an arc. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives us, you know, the first time through it, they fail because they're not working together as a team. They go through. The uh, road of trials and everything, Joseph Campbell style. They come out the other side realizing that they're stronger as a team. I think it's what Infinity War where um, maybe it's Civil War. There's one of the Avengers movies where um, Tony Stark's like, we'll lose. And Steve Rogers like, then we'll do that together, too. Then that's kind of their thing where it's like, you know, they decide toward the end of the movie, three fourths of the way through the end of the movie. Even if this means they're going to lose, they're going to do it as a team. And then that gives them the strength to come through and win. Yeah. And you physically see that in the Zords, right? Like the 2017 version, they all like melt together in lava. But in our (laughs) version, it's intentional because they've come to they have each other's back so much. They've actually become a team. They've stopped caring about their individual accomplishments. They've started watching out for each other. And then they're finally able to activate the Megazord sequence where all their Zords come together. And that's how they defeat Goldar. Yeah. Beautiful. I was going to say just a quick side note to Kevin's point that he mentioned to me in the 90s version of the movie. Are they like separated like one person in a leg? 
<laughs> oh, in the, no, in the 2017 movie, they totally are. They're supposed to all be in the same like room. Like yeah. when the Megazord forms, they're in the same room together. In the 2017 movie, they each stay kind of like close to their body part. So it ends up with like two of the rangers basically on like the shoulders of this thing. Jason right in the middle of it. And then I think it's Billy and Zach, one on each thigh. So as this thing is running, they're having a horrible time. <laughs> so fix that. I, I only brought that up to mention that, like, keep them all in the core of the magazine. Like, they don't need to be together. Them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is like a, a great. I mean, this whole thing's a great metaphor, but it is an awesome metaphor that in the reboot of this movie, the thing that's supposed to bring them all together still keeps them physically separated <laughs> from each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh god they're together separately <laughs> i think we I think, did it i think this bonus uh rewatchables episode was a huge success thank you guys for listening maybe we'll do more stuff like this lauren again thank you so much for you know putting up with kevin in the long run and then me for <laughs> the few hours we filmed this in so thank you very much you're a great oh, thanks guest thanks so much for having me i really had a good time check out mess around media have a good one bye everybody bye